you know, she's a teacher. She's very like normal person. And she was out picking like blackberries with her mom. And she reached a little deeper into the bush to like get some of the blackberries that are at the back. And she felt hair. And then like this eight foot tall Bigfoot stood up and just turned around and walked back into the forest. She's like two feet away from it. There's no misrecognition when it's two feet away and it's eight feet tall. How's it going, everybody? It's Joe again here from Soul Inspired with Joe Borowski. I'm really excited about this week because once again, I have the one and only Derek Martin. He was my guest on episode one of this podcast, and I have been thinking about the things we're going to talk about. I felt like the last time we talked to Derek, we ran out of time. So first of all, thanks for coming on, Derek. My pleasure, man. Nice to see you back again. Yeah, good to be here. Tonight's going to be more relaxed, as we've talked oh. about. Yeah, we can just relax, chill out, you know, kind of like Joe Rogan did. Maybe we'll get a pizza. <laughs> and a blunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. That's like every For episode. For Joe Rogan, yeah. Um, but no, seriously, thanks for coming back. Thanks for being on here again. Um, again, we've known each other for a while, so, but we always get deep in everything we talk about. I don't even like talking to you outside of the podcast because then I feel like we're losing our material. Yeah. Which we did for like an hour just now. (laughs) Exactly. And I kept stopping the conversation before we went too too, too in detail. So the last time you were here, we talked a lot about the UFO Phenomena. We talked a little bit about um, your experiences with UFOs and the things you saw. I was planning on what I want to talk to you about, and I think you said you did think of some notes of things to say or not of things you wanted to talk about. But go with the flow, man. Go with the flow. I'll direct you with where I was thinking of talking to you about and the things I wanted to talk to you about. But um, I've had. Six or seven other episodes since I've seen you last. Yep. And I've talked to people, just amazing people, amazing conversations. I've had a lot of fun so far talking to everybody. And in many of the conversations I've had, they were with people who've um, had some experiences even with death. And I wanted to go into spirit and talk spirit a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. To start this conversation. Sounds good. And I wanted your opinion because I, when I was thinking about these questions, I was also thinking of things that you and I haven't even talked about very much because uh, I wanted to see what would happen during the podcast, yeah. right? We've talked about different things, but you haven't gone deep into detail about certain things. So the first question I wanted to ask you was you being a spiritual type person. I don't know if you want to be labeled spiritual, but we're kind of sure. in the same kind of situation that way. What do you believe happens the moment we take our last breath? Um, I think you're still alive um, in the sense that you are your soul or your consciousness, whichever word you want to use that keeps living. Your body doesn't. Okay. Um, and you know, I'm not really sure what happens after that other than the fact that a lot of people say they see a white light or they 
are in a beautiful place or a place that seems so loving and so comfortable that you don't want to go back to Earth um, or the planet. Um, I think you may have a, a life review. I've heard a lot about that where you kind of see all the things that you did through your life and you get to feel that again, but from every perspective. So you get to actually feel the way that you hurt other people. You get to feel the way that you made other people feel good. Right. Relive how you felt in those moments. Just to give you a broader perspective on the lifetime that you had here. Um, and I'm not sure if you have a choice of like, do you want to go back to Earth? Or, and, and be like reincarnated? Or do you want to just hang out here, um, wherever here is? Um, and some people say that, you know, being able to go back to Earth is not everybody gets to. Um, like, there are so many spots available, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what happens, but I do believe that our consciousness survives in some way. Um, now... When I say our consciousness, I mean, last time when we spoke, I said we're all one. And I think that means, like, me and this microphone are literally the same. And same with the rock and the tree and everything else, right? We're all one big organism, but with a shared consciousness, but this body can only be aware of a little slice of that consciousness. So, like, I'm not aware of what the rock is thinking right now, but... Ultimately, somewhere in the in the subconscious or the post-life consciousness, like the rock's thoughts and my thoughts fuse back together into the collective unconscious kind of thing. Um, and so do you think, though, yeah. that that is a that is a separation of the soul then? Because if if our thoughts you're talking about a rock. Yeah. So if yeah. if your thoughts if you at some point fuse back with everything that mm-hmm. exists, like mm-hmm. if you are everything and you fuse back, what happens to your soul? Well, I think there's one, uh, really. Like one consciousness, one soul, but... We're, but we're individuals here. We're individuals here, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I think it's like... How can you think about this? Um I've thought this stuff a lot of times, but never verbalized it. So it's hard to... That's why I want to ask you. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think if I can... If I can take all my experiences and put them back into this soup of consciousness, right? Then in an infinite... In an infinity, I would think there would be some way where my package of experiences could kind of come back out, let's say, and be like, oh, this is, these are the Derek molecules that are in there or the Derek consciousness that's in there. Um, and that might be how, like, I could potentially visit my family after I'm dead, even though I've been merged back into everything. Right. But then there's also the fact that I think time is kind of an illusion, a a three-dimensional illusion or an illusion of the 3D world that we're in. And really kind of everything is happening all the time. And so for my dead self to see my family after I'm dead, it's like, it's fine because time doesn't exist. So dead, dead me already exists. 
right? Right. <laughs> so that dead me could, you know, or spiritual me could be the one that sees that my kid is about to fall out of her bed. And so alive now me runs upstairs and like catches her before she hits the ground. Or right. you hear things about a mother and daughter who one of them gets a bad feeling when the other one's in a car accident, that kind of thing. Um, you could probably have that with yourself and maybe that's what intuition is. But So let me jump in on here. Um, so I recently had a guest, Marcus Cox, really nice guy and life full of experiences in spirituality. And the one amazing thing that I'm getting out of this podcast is that I, I am learning from my guests. And he said something to me and it was the first time that I was able to understand it just that much more, but it was enough to kind of bring me over this question that I had constantly been thinking about because he mentioned the idea of frequencies mm-hmm. and I've heard it. I've, I've heard this. Right. And he talked about how when we're here and we're in this flesh and I've got this table and this piano, we're on the FM radio of 88.3. Yeah. And when I die, I'm no longer in tune with that frequency. I'm now on AM 1412 or whatever. Right. And AM 1412 was always going. It's still there. Mm-hmm. And that would be what you referred to as your dead self, who already right. exists. Right. So when the frequency of this matter ceases to exist, you're still on the other frequency. And the reason why I brought that up to him is we had talked about how people, you know, talk about he had psychedelic experiences, which brought him into that stage, meditative experiences, which brought him into that stage. So, well, then it must be your brain. I mean, if I'm a skeptic, I would say, well, then it's your brain. So when we die, it's just got to be a dying brain. Like you can go down that road, but no, what is being said is when you're on the psychedelics and when you are in a meditative state, you're actually tuning in to AM 12, whatever I said, 14, 12. You're, you're tuning into that other frequency. So all of a sudden you see other beings that don't exist in this experience and you go, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're tuning in elsewhere. So it's really nothing to do with the brain. I mean, I guess it is in a sense where you're kind of moving from this FM frequency brain and moving into a different wave, right? I don't know how to explain that further, but that kind of made more sense to me that it's frequency based. Yeah. This is why a lot of times when people die, they're all of a sudden out of their body. They're still existing. Mm-hmm. You know, I do question what is existing because you're still seeing the material of this frequency. Yeah. Which is something I want to talk about soon in this podcast today <laughs> about ghosts. Sure. Okay. Sure. So let's act. Can I move into that question? Or do um, you have something you want to say about what I just said? Well, I heard something else on a, or something related to that on a different podcast this week, and they were talking about frequencies and how, um, you know, the energy you bring to a situation is what you get back. So if you go into a situation with good vibrations, 
that's what you're going to get back. Um, and the example they gave was like, you know, this person had just come from a church service and they weren't really into church per se, but they loved the music of church. That's why they went. And so the music this day was off the hook and um, she went into the forest and like basically saw some magical beings in the forest. All right. Like say what you will about it, but she had been there a million times and never seen anything. Uh, and she was questioning herself going like, why, why did I just see that? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and she was like, I was like really, really happy and feeling grateful for the music I had just heard. And she had this deep sense of gratitude and love when she went into the forest. And then for the first time ever, she sees things she's never seen before in her life. And it doesn't happen other times. Right. Mm -hmm. And then by the same token, you know, other people where you're maybe self-medicating with drugs or things. Um, like if you do have hallucinations, what kind are they? You, a lot of people report seeing demons, right? Why? Your vibration is in the tank. Your vibration is low. It's not that these things are seeking you out. It's you just couldn't see them before because you were on a higher vibration, right. which was the vibration most people are on every day. Or you now, didn't see the frequencies and vibrations being the same thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Different word. Different word, but, but yeah. same concept. Right. Um, and so, yeah, maybe these things are always in the forest and we don't see them because we're just walking through the forest mm -hmm. or you're not paying attention or you're not being grateful. Um, right. Yeah. And okay. Just one more thing before you segue to, uh, the other thing. Yeah, no. Um, I, my friends and I growing up, like we never dabbled in drugs or anything. Like we were all straight edge, um, kids and but I always kind of wondered. And um, so I decided, okay, for my, for my bachelor party, um, before my wedding, uh, which was like, you know, 10 years ago, um, I'm just going to get this drug that's legal. It's, I won't say the name, but it's, uh, you take a hit and you're like, you're pretty much gone. And you don't know how long it's going to feel like you're gone, but in reality, it's about 10 minutes. Uh, and it's not DMT. So we're sitting on the beach. It's like just after sunset, me and my best friend and my sister. And I was like, well, here goes nothing. Right. And so I put it in the pipe and lit it. I was like, I wonder what this is going to be like. And then it was like, <laughs> and I looked down and like the sand was peeling back and under the sand was blackness, but with a grid of green lines, like lasers. And I was like, ooh, wow. what's going on? It's right? like Matrix. It was like the Matrix, but then mm. um, I was like fully in this darkness. Like I, I could not see anybody that was with me. I couldn't even feel my body. Um, but the thoughts that started going through my head were like, I'm a person, right? I'm a person. Yeah. Yeah, I think, don't I have like some stuff on top of my thing that's like fluffy. Yeah. 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 I got, I've got stuff. And then, Hmm. I, oh, I forget what I was thinking about. Am I person? Yeah. No, I don't remember that anymore. And it was like, Oh wow. Everything faded away. Like 
everything I thought was Derek, gone. So you've explained this to me before, but the way you're explaining it more is more in detail. It's taken me a long time to figure out what the hell happened. And so, it, so it started to fade, but it was like slowly. It, everything started to fade. My, the only thing that was left was like awareness. Right. That's it. My, everything I knew about myself, my body, my hair, my memories of my family, like I could remember my family for a minute, but that faded away. Um, you know, all the things that make up this life were gone. And I later found out that this is called an ego death. Hmm. Um, and really all, all that was left was a point of awareness. And I felt like I was on this, like, at the time I explained it as a tire in outer space that was just rotating. And I felt like I was on this tire rotating for like a million years. And I was like, well, there's no way to get off of this thing. So I might as well just hang out here. Um, and I couldn't remember who I was, but I didn't miss being a human. I didn't miss my family. It was so strange. Yeah. And then it was like, boom, you're back on the beach. And I was just like, it took me literally two days to like, feel like a full human again and to like feel solidly back in this reality. Um, and I was lucky my wedding was not the next day because (laughs) that would have been bad. Um, terrible. But the, you know, what was I going to say about the message of that? It's like, you're not all that other stuff. Um, there is something in there that survives the loss of everything. Um, and also, even though I wasn't going somewhere beautiful, like it was just black space, I didn't feel loss. Like you would think that losing your whole self, losing your friends, losing your family and all your memories of them would be traumatic. And there was nothing like it wasn't traumatic. And that was so bizarre. And then to come back and, Oh, just kidding. You were just gone for 10 minutes and it felt like eternity. Literally. Um, was there fear? I didn't have any fear. I think a lot of people would have called it a bad trip. Um, I just thought like, wow, that was interesting. Um, and I have a friend, um, who says, you know, he's like, there's no such thing as a bad trip. Actually. It's how you, it's like how you deal with it. That's important. Like there are lessons from every trip. Uh, and some people are really not ready for those lessons. Mm -hmm. Some people, they don't want to hear what they heard in those lessons, whatever it is. Um, and so if you're not ready for that, yeah, you might call it a bad trip, but you might also say, Okay, here's some stuff I got to tackle. Um, so yeah, I mean that was my one experience with a hard drug that right. wasn't coffee. <laughs> right, right. And uh, yeah, no, and that's why I, I mean, I haven't, I've never dabbled in that because it, uh, I don't know, I think, uh, I think you got to be in the right mindset and headspace to. Yeah, to do that kind of thing, and and I definitely am not condoning it for people to no. try. It because, just made me look at reality in like a yeah. like a different way because it felt like a hundred percent real. You right. know, was it all in my brain? Was it the consciousness that, traveling thing? I don't know. Well, and that's the real question, right? The real question is, you know, whether whether were you were you were you somehow diving into a dream state? What is a dream state? What is the difference between a dream state and when someone takes their last breath and jumps out of their body? 
Um, it, mm-hmm. it all gets so confusing, and I think it's what creates the big questions in life. Uh, but I will say, you know, from talking to all these amazing people and telling me their personal stories about literally flatlining and and uh, having experiences that they shouldn't be having with a brain if it's not hmm. working yeah. correctly, it does make you have to wonder what's going on. Um, I'm going to get into some darker stuff here. Darker than space. Darker than space. Um, it's not really dark, but it's the real question of we were talking about frequencies mm. and is there, have you had any experiences where you think you were diving into kind of more the spiritual side of things with maybe entities that didn't have, you know, the greatest intent? Um, I, 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 I've talked about this before. I've never really said it on the podcast yet, but I, I did have an experience as a kid with a Ouija board Mm -hmm. and it made me never want to use a Ouija board again. Um, And there's countless people out there that say that exact same thing. Yep. And you got to question why, you know, what is it about that Ouija board compared to your day to day? Like why, why does that, bring in that kind of, uh, energy. That's an interesting one. Um, there's this husband and wife team named, uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk, um, who have a podcast and they do some TV stuff, but she's a practicing witch. He's a paranormal investigator type guy and they do stuff together. Anyway, somebody asked her about Ouija boards one time, uh, Dana, and she's like, you know what? It's just like any other tool in your magical toolbox. Um, it can be used for good. It can be used for bad. Or it can be used to talk to good things or bad things. The problem is, like, with magical tools, you're really supposed to come to using them with a certain intention. You may want to cast a circle of protection or something so that if something bad does get in, like, it can't get to you. Um And then there's the aspect of marketing. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of times your intention and your expectation affects outcomes. And so if you're going to use a Ouija board and you're expecting something freaky to happen, like happens in the movies whenever they use a Ouija board. Right. It probably will. Something freaky is going to happen. If anything happens, it's probably going to be freaky. But if you're using it like, you know, like some people will use crystals or a mirror or something to try and see the future or bring about some event or something like that. And they're doing it with positive attitude and the best, the best intentions. Probably, probably nothing's going to happen. Also, if you prepare in those ways. So, um, I did use Ouija board at a party once when I was in like grade school, but it was a bunch of us using it. And like, we weren't sure if people were goofing around or whatever. And so nothing really happened of that. Um, but, yeah, I've had the pants scared off me, for sure, um, in, in, in ways that don't make sense. Um, and, and, but you'd say, before you continue with that, and I totally, I, I agree exactly what you're saying. I think it's the intent of the person. 
you know, what, what are you seeking? Mm-hmm. Are you seeking something freaky? Cause you may get it. Are you, you know, um, are you yeah. looking for something darker? Then you may get that. But I think it's just a simple, just like life. It's just like life. You, sure. If you relish in negativity all the time, you're going to have more negative come your way. If you start to look at things with positivity yeah. and gratitude and, and then you'll you'll likely get more of that. So it's probably the same thing. It's probably the exact same concept, right? Yeah, like attracts like. That's what they right. say. Right. So if you're being really down, you're going to get more down people in situations around you. And if you're being really up, you'll get so I, more. So in saying that, you probably don't believe that ghosts are all negative. I do not at all. No. No. Do you believe in ghosts? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I've well, seen some. You've seen some ghosts? Well, I've seen one in particular. And I've heard another one. Um, so I grew up in a in a house, a farmhouse that was, you know, it was over 100 years old when I was born. And that was 46 years ago. So, um, and I would see, there'd be times I'd be watching the TV and the TV was kind of by, like over to the right of the TV, you could see the bottom of the staircase to go upstairs. And sometimes when I'd be watching TV, something would catch my eye and I'd look over and there'd be a fog at the bottom of the stairs. Just like a white mist fog. Okay. And then it would like dissipate. And um, that kind of freaked me out. Um, And that happened a lot, (laughs) like a lot. And one time my mom, we were going somewhere, so we went out, got in the car and... She's like, oh, I forgot something in the kitchen. So she ran back in the house. And when she went back in the house, our whole kitchen was, all the remodeling was gone. And it was the same as it was 100 years previously. And there was a lady standing there at the counter chopping vegetables, wearing like, you know, a bonnet and a dress with an apron and stuff. And she just looked at my mom and then poof, everything disappeared and went back to our normal kitchen. This is what you saw? My mom saw that. Your mom saw that in our house, and um, she told that you freaked that. She, her out. She told you this. She told me that. Yeah. Wow. And then one day um, we had like our house, and then a little sidewalk that went back, and there's a barn there. Um, and there was a huge, you know, maple or maple or apple tree or something, but it was a huge old tree that was growing there, and it was starting to like lean into the barn. It was a metal barn, and so the branches were scratching on it, and it wasn't good, so it had to come down. And um, so, you know, my dad got a chainsaw and chopped the branches off and made sure they fell away from the barn and whatever. And this tree was probably, like, I don't know, this big around. Like, it was over 100 years old. It's huge. And um, so he got it down to, like, the stump, and then he's like, oh, i got to get this stump out of the ground, right? And... So he's got an axe and he's just hacking away at the roots of this tree stump, trying to to sever each root off one by one. And then uh, at one point he swings with this axe at one of the last roots and something comes flying out of the ground and kind of hits him and falls on the ground. And he's like, what the hell? Did I hit a rock? What is that? And he looked and there was like a little burlap sack. It's like a, a really rough cloth, like a potato bag kind of thing. Okay. And he's like, what the... And he picked it up and unwrapped it, and it was a revolver 
with a bone handle, um, like a five or six shot revolver. It was really old, really rusted, but you could tell the handle had like a blood stain on it. Um, and he was just like, Whoa, what the heck is this doing under a really old tree in our yard? Right. And, um, Holy. yeah. So he put it in some rust remover and stuff. And then, um, I think he went looking into town records or whatever and found out that some people had died on our property. And, um, he looked up and it said like, oh, there was a boy that died. There was a man that died and there was a woman that died. And that's what he knew. And then they called a, they knew a psychic somehow and called the psychic again to, he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. Just found this pistol. (laughs) Right. And she was like, like, she just told the story right, right right away. She's like, first of all, she said she was freaked out by being in our house. She's like, oh, there's some bad vibes in here. And then he showed her the gun. And, um, she's like, yeah. So what happened is, you know, the father was at work in the oil fields because that's, that's what my town was built on. Um, there was a little boy and he fell down the stairs and broke his neck at the bottom of the stairs which is where I see the fog. Oh, wow. All the time. Wow, wow. And the mother was home. And, you know, of course, she like, maybe she was chopping vegetables at the time. Who knows? But she ran and found the kid, and the kid was dead, and she was, like, freaking out and waiting for her husband to come home. And the husband came home and saw that his son was dead, and he shot his wife in the kitchen, and then he went out to the backyard and killed him, or, uh, Buried the pistol, and then a few days later or whatever, he killed himself. He buried the pistol and planted a tree on top of it, and a few days later, he killed himself. So and this actually happened? Is this? Yeah, and then they went looking for details, and like, yeah, that's what happened. Oh, my God. So there's wow a ghost in our yard somewhere. There used to be a garage back there. It's not there anymore. Um, and that's where he hung himself. And then there's a woman and a boy who were, one was killed in the house, and the other one died in the house. And we have this pistol. Wow. And, you know, they never bothered us. And you never knew this until your dad's chopping down the tree and finds this pistol. Nope. Wow. Nope. That's crazy. And I all, there's also really bad vibes in the stairs that go to the basement, and I don't know why. But, mm-hmm. like, every time I went up and down those stairs, I had to run because I felt like something was yeah. going to reach out and grab my ankles. But that's a mystery I never solved. <laughs> they may just have, been, just have been creepy stairs. But, um, wow. yeah, that's a ghost thing. And then... The other thing that's really creepy, other than the things I mentioned on the previous episode, um, I had a bunk bed. Like, it didn't have a a bottom bunk. It was just the top bunk, and I played under it. Mm -hmm. And my feet were, like, kind of next to the window, right? Um, So there's a window looking out towards the barn and that big tree and all this stuff. And uh, the barn had, like, a floodlight on it. And so one night I was laying there in bed, and... I saw like, I think it was five wolves walking in a circle under that floodlight in front of the barn. And I was like, what the hell? Why are they just walking in a circle? Mm-hmm. And also there haven't been wolves in this area for years and years and years and years. Like people say a hundred years. I don't know. Maybe when they built the house, they eradicated the wolves. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I was like, that's really crazy. Um, and the way my bedroom window was, um, there was like, like our, our kitchen was an add-on to the house, to the original house. And so the roof of the kitchen was kind of below my window. So there, if I crawled out my window, I'd be on the roof of the kitchen. And, um, and it was about 10 feet off the ground. I'm not sure how long after that wolf's walking in the circle this was, but, um, again, I was like laying in my bed and I had a little black and white TV at, at my feet. So I could be watching TV and like look out the window and, but, um, I looked over and there was a wolf looking in my window at me, like a pretty big wolf. And it was just snarling at me, looking me dead in the eyes and snarling and it had huge teeth and it was very angry. And I just like jumped out of my bed and pulled the blinds down and then ran into my parents' room. Um, How old would you have been? Like 10. Wow. Something like that. Okay. And you weren't imagining it. You've oh, seen I it. was not imagining it. It's, it's still it. vivid in my mind. Wow. Um, and I don't remember dreams normally. Um, <coughs> but... I have no idea what the heck was going on there because wolves cannot jump 10 feet up in the air to get on the roof. But there was like a TV tower to the side, like which the way those work, it's like kind of X's of metal inside the tower. So a human could like grab that, grab that and climb up there. Yeah. Um, and this is going to go like way out in left field for a minute, but for the longest time, I thought I had heard about things called screen memories with aliens. So like a lot of times when people say they're abducted by aliens, they don't remember what happened. Like they'll mem remember something else that's not aliens. Um, and some of the things that will show up sometimes is uh, or a lot of times is animals. So like you think you're looking at an owl, for example, right. or you think you're looking at a wolf but really it's the alien and they're just altering your perception a little bit to make themselves look like an animal. Oh, that's weird. Um, particularly with owls. Like there are reports of people seeing like a four foot tall owl and like <laughs> the biggest owl in the world is like 24 inches tall. That would, it's not four feet. I would run. Um, but at the time you don't think anything strange about it. That's right. the weird part. Anyway. So I thought oh, maybe this was like a screen memory from an alien. Maybe I was abducted. Like I have no explanation for why a wolf was on my roof. Um, and then a few years ago, I started listening to this podcast called Dogman Encounters Radio. And I had no idea what the heck this was. I, I just picked it, you know, almost at random from uh, the podcast directory. And they talk about this thing called the Dogman, which is um, basically like a werewolf. But they never turn into a human. So it looks like a huge wolf. Um, it can walk on two feet. Sometimes they're jacked. Sometimes they're not. Um, but they have like human type hands. They're a little bit longer fingers and stuff, but that could definitely climb up there. So wow. it took me a long time to put two and two together like that, but I'm like, okay, it wasn't a person in a costume because this was a legit real wolf. Couldn't be a normal wolf because... It got up on this high roof. This other kind of wolf can can walk on two feet and use its hands like a human. 
I don't know what the hell it was, but it scared the crap out of me. And shortly after that, I traded bedrooms with my sister. <laughs> I bet. She was seven years younger than me, so she was like three years old at the time. And, you know, she, wouldn't know. she couldn't care less. She didn't know the wolves, the alien wolves were looking into your, yeah, exactly. into your bedroom. And in her bedroom, wow. my head was facing the other way, so I couldn't see out the window. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so... So it scared you that much that you actually changed bedrooms. Oh, yeah. I was like, nope, not sleeping in there anymore. Forget that. See, and so, I mean, people will say, like, it could be, oh, you were 10 years old or whatever age you were. Maybe you were just making up things. You're you're dreaming at night and you're waking up and seeing things. But for it to affect you that much that you wanted to change your room and... Yeah, there's something to it for sure. And we and everybody kind of gets those experiences when they're kids and people just write these things off. But sometimes you wonder, are they like legit? Oh, <laughs> you know what no, I mean? from yeah. literally from that day forward, I slept with the blinds closed. I still sleep with the blinds wow. closed. Wow. For that reason. So that affected you. Yeah. It's a life. Did the, is that now, I'm going to move into this. Is that what got you interested in Bigfoot? Um, like, no, did that kind of awaken your mindset to Bigfoot or what was it that, cause you know, we've never really talked about Bigfoot. Yeah. This is the first time we'll talk about it. Nice He's shirt. on my shirt here. Nice. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those things that when you first, when we first met and you got to know me and then finally brought it up to me, I thought, Oh, what am I getting myself involved with here? This guy's talking about Bigfoot. Yeah. The funny part is then I had to really question myself and say, okay, I'll believe in spirits and I'll believe in the afterlife, but I can't believe in Bigfoot. So right. then I thought, okay, well, let's hear more about it. <laughs> and you started explaining some things. But what was it the main – what was the first thing that got you interested? Can you actually pinpoint a moment? Um, yeah, I'm not sure what TV show it was on, but they showed the October 1967 clip, uh, which is not very long. Um but there's a clip uh, from Bluff Creek, California, that was filmed by Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin. And it's of this uh, Sasquatch creature or Bigfoot walking across kind of some rugged terrain. And at one point, it looks back at the camera. Is that and the classic That's the video classic Patterson-Gimlin that... film, yeah. Okay, I think which, I've seen that one. Yeah, some people call it the PGF okay. for short. Um, so I found that endlessly intriguing and whenever like a tv show was on that was going to have like a creature or a monster or something i had to watch it and so i learned about loch ness monster i learned about that i watched ufo stuff um i was just interested in anything strange um and i think part of the reason for that is that like it kind of makes what could otherwise be you know a mundane drudgery type day into something kind of magical. Yeah. Right. Um, which I don't think it's like fanciful thinking on my part now that I have all this experience behind me of my, of my life, but I was just always interested in stuff like that. And, but I didn't really, you know, I kept thinking about UFOs and stuff, but you know, it was like, Oh, Bigfoot is in California. The Bigfoot is in California and the Loch Ness monster is in Scotland. So I'm never going to see these things, right? Right. And then um, I told you last time about going out with Stephen Greer to to contact UFOs. Right. And I was like, oh, this is cool because I can reach out and hopefully call them down and have some kind of experience. And that's doable, as I mentioned. And then I hadn't looked into Bigfoot in years, like since I was a kid. And this was in 2017. 
And a documentary came out on Netflix called Discovering Bigfoot by Todd Standing. And I was like, I'm bored tonight. Why don't I watch this Bigfoot documentary? Like, we'll see, right? How old have you been when this This happened? was 2017. So okay. Okay. I was uh, 40. And um, so I watched it. And there is some footage in there that's like unbelievable HD footage of some faces of what Todd Standing says are Bigfoot. And they look very different from one another. You know, it's like if you put, um, you know, a person from India, an indigenous Canadian, uh, someone from China, someone from Japan, and someone from Africa, um, all, you know, how different all those faces can look. Right. And some are male and some are female. Like, the diversity there is crazy. So it was kind of like that, but with uh, Bigfoot creatures. Okay. Right? Some were big, some were very ape-like, some are very human-like. I was just like, I wonder what other Bigfoot researchers think of this movie. Like, do they think this is cool, this is legit stuff, or do they think this Todd Standing guy is like a total hoaxer? Um, so I Googled it, and I found this review um, of it by a guy who called himself Utah Sasquatch. And his name uh, ended up being Nathan Rio. And... He gave this really good review and he's like, yeah, I think, you know, I think this is legit. It's worth looking into. But my one complaint um, is that Todd Standing tells everyone, like, you got to go be with him. You got to go way out in the back of, you know, northern Alberta uh, in the middle of nowhere on logging roads to, like, find these creatures. And he's like, I live in Utah, um, you know, a half hour from the mountains. I went to the mountains. I found Bigfoot. <laughs> hmm. And like he lives in a big city, right? right and it's right. like literally 30 minutes away. He's like, he's like, I think these things are everywhere, all over the place. If you want to, you can go find them. And no, he's like. Where did you see this? On a forum? Or this something? was on his YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and then he posted another video and said, okay, if you want to find them, here's what you do. And I was like, it's pretty much lunchtime. So I just, uh, pardon my watch. I'm so sorry. Um, I was like, I have lunch break now. Like, okay. So, you know, it was like, look for this, this, and this. I looked on Google maps to find a place like that. And it's five minute drive from my house. Not even, I could probably walk there in 15 minutes. So I drove there. Um, and I went on the trail and I'm walking down the trail and he says, you know, go off trail. So I literally just turned 90 degrees and walked into the forest instead of staying on this trail. And some of the things in that movie were like showing that Sasquatch do things with sticks and trees and they do things. You look for things that are not, would not be caused by nature. So like, for example, if you find a teepee made out of sticks, um, Nature didn't do that. Like, the sticks didn't fall that way. Right, right. Could have been Boy Scouts, maybe. Could have been kids or could have been... Yeah. Sure. But anyway, I walked off trail, and I started finding these things within, like, 50 steps. And there, I probably found 20, like, oh, wow. my first time looking. I was like, what are the chances that I would find what this guy is telling me I'll find the first time I look for them? I was like, this is, this is madness, right? I'm finding, like, like, a branch that's not broken off... It's twisted until it's flexible and then bent down. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever tried to twist a live tree branch, but it's freaking impossible. 
Right. You have to be super strong to do that. Right. Or you find, um, you know, uh, a tree that's stuck in the ground, like the top of it is stuck in the ground and the roots are up in the air. A, that's really hard to do. And B, um, a tree can't fall that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, so what, what you're saying is that our awareness of it, if we're not aware of what we're looking for, we're not seeing it. hundred percent. Yeah. It's like when you see a, you know, a, a Corvette for the first time and you're like, oh, that's a Corvette. That's cool. And then like the next day you see another Corvette and you're like, what? There's Corvettes all over the place now. Mm-hmm. Right. As or, soon as you start looking for Corvettes right. and recognize them, you're like, oh my God. So like over the following couple months, I went to like 10 different places around um, the city, like parks, conservation areas, little forests, whatever. And every time I would just go off trail and literally nine out of 10 times I found that stuff. And then I started looking by our cottage, my, my in-laws cottage. And I started looking wherever we went, I would try and get a few minutes to go into the forest or whatever. And now I have like 1200 photos and videos of this stuff. Um, it's, I just got completely addicted. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like it. Then I started meeting people who had had encounters with Bigfoot and, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just a misrecognition. Like it was probably a bear or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, one person I met who has encountered one is a teacher. You know, she's a teacher. She's very like normal person. And she was out picking like blackberries with her mom. And she reached a little deeper into the bush to like get some of the blackberries that are at the back. And she felt hair. And then like this eight foot tall Bigfoot stood up and just turned around and walked back into the forest. She's like two feet away from it. There's no misrecognition when it's two feet away and it's eight feet tall. How do you know this person? Um, We became uh, friends online. Wow. And um, she had a YouTube channel where she was making uh, videos of these like teepees and all this stuff because she... She well, got so after, into Bigfoot after encountering it that, you Right, know. and how do you, it's just like, how do you unsee something you've seen if, if that's your reality, right? I mean, the people yeah. probably call her crazy and all kinds of things, I'm assuming, but um, yep. that's the thing about life. If you experience it, you're kind of part of it now, right? Yes, so, yeah. and so if we want to bring back the vibration thing for a minute, there's, there's two schools of thought in the Bigfoot world. Okay. One is like the flesh and blood camp who are like, this is an ape. Um, an undiscovered ape or a relic hominid. That's really good at hiding. It's really good no at hiding. no one ever sees them, really. Yes, exactly. Right, right. Um, right. And then there's the group that um, thinks they may be, you know, spiritual beings or interdimensional beings. Because there are also a lot of encounters where people report seeing them disappear into thin air or appear out of thin air. Or like, you know, there's a tree that's like three inches wide and a four foot wide Bigfoot will step out from behind it. And you're like, that's not possible. But there's also documented evidence of a lot of this stuff where, like, people will be following the, the footprints of a Bigfoot trying to see where it's going. And the footprints will go out into the middle of a field and then stop. It's like, there's, it's an open field. There's nowhere to jump to. They didn't jump to a tree. The footprints just literally stop in the middle of the field. Or sometimes there will just be one, literally one footprint. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, this, this whole area is wet. So how is there just like one footprint? Um, In that case, it's almost, you know, if you were to look at it from an interdimensional 
aspect it's like it just jumped into our dimension for a moment and was gone or... yeah or like just stuck its foot through and put a print there right, right it's like right um and another guy i met online you know i've i've spoken with him many times um he he and a buddy were sitting by a fire at their cottage and um uh, you know they came out of the cottage walked through the snow sat in their lawn chairs had a fire when they got up to go back inside between their lawn chairs and the cottage, there was a trackway of like 20 inch long, uh, footprints, like barefoot footprints in the snow. Um, they didn't hear anything walk behind them. Uh, 20 inch long foot is pretty darn big. They didn't hear anything, but there's these footprints there now. And I mean, I've just, I've talked to tons of people who have had close up encounters and, and seen them and interacted with them. And it's just like, and I've listened to this other podcast, which is the main one I listen to for encounters called um, Sasquatch Chronicles. I've probably listened to over, over 2,500 witness encounters of people talking about their encounter with wow. Sasquatch. I didn't know it was this big of a actual like community. Like I understand like with yeah. me, it was the, the, you know, the people who've had near death experiences yeah. and spirituality and, uh, never got into the Sasquatch or Bigfoot stuff. My stuff, uh, myself. Yeah. I always found it a little bit strange. Totally. But uh, you know, um, if you look at it from an interdimensional spiritual place, then everything changes. Just the same thing with UFOs, right? How sometimes we see a UFO and all of a sudden it disappears. Well, where did it go? Sure. Um, did it disappear in our dimension? Mm-hmm. Or did it actually shift dimensions? Right. Like, is it something that they have teleportation, like, or not teleportation, but do they have the invin- invisibility cloak? Yeah. Or are they actually just going, oh, bloop, leaving? Right. We were here for a moment. We're going to change frequencies now. Oh, I should say one more thing. I said there's two schools of Bigfoot, flesh and blood, and, like, the spiritual interdimensional one. Right. There's one more, really, um, which is in the Bible in Genesis 6, they talk about the Nephilim as like um, basically fallen angels or sons of God. And they came down and uh, interbred with, um, you know, human women and different kinds of animals and things. And there is a school of people who thinks that like the dog man I mentioned earlier is basically uh, a fallen angel that interbred like with wolves or something. Another one thinks that that's what Sasquatch are basically is fallen angels who intermixed with human women. Okay. Um, and you know, so for people who, who are, do believe in the Bible, um, but think Bigfoot is BS. It's like the old Testament has got some seriously weird stuff in it. Some very paranormal stuff. And if you take the Bible as literal truth, which a lot of people do, you can't just throw away all the paranormal parts. Like right. that might literally be saying that that's where a Sasquatch came from. Um, hmm. And it's, it's interesting stuff. Um, oh, there was something else in there I wanted to say, but I'm, but you're saying that's the other way of looking at it. There's the three different schools of thought. It's yeah. either they are here, but they're really good at hiding. Yeah. Um, the other, you know, when you were talking about the tree branches being like turned and stuff like that, well, yeah, a bear could do that or like a really large animal possibly they need thumbs though to twist a branch right you can't really twist it, it if is, you can't yeah grab it's it. 
again, it's hard to, it's, it's the rule of thought of that without being proven right. or seen. It's the same issue with the UFO totally. phenomena, right? It's the same thing because even though they're pushing this UFO stuff and the UFO and alien community are getting so excited, yeah, we still are waiting. We're still waiting for something that has undeniable proof. Yeah. So here's a fun thing, too, about that. Um, you know, the U.S. Pentagon actually stated that UFOs are not from anywhere in any country or anyone we know of on Earth. They're not part of the American military. They're not part of their allies' militaries. As far as they know, they're not part of China or Russia's militaries either. Um, they just they defy our current understanding of physics. And so as far as they're concerned, it's like an unknown. It's a total unknown, and they don't think or they said they're not human made. Um, so here's the thing. If beings can come to our planet from anywhere in the galaxy or universe, who is to say that some of them don't look like a wolf man and some of them don't look like Sasquatch. Right. Which is another name for Bigfoot. Like, and there have actually been, this is crazy too. A lot of t- eyewitness testimonies that have said, um, you know, I saw a Bigfoot come out of a UFO or I was abducted into a UFO and there was a Bigfoot there. Um, or I saw a ball of light going through the forest and like it disappeared. But a second later, I had a Bigfoot encounter or I saw a ball of light going through the forest and um, it disappeared and then a UFO appeared. There's all kinds of overlap between these things. Um, some people talk about, uh, aliens being able to speak with them tele- uh, telepathically, right? Like they're not moving their mouths, but they're saying, okay, be, calm down, calm down. We're just going to do some things, whatever. But there's also, um, Les Stroud talks about that, um, survivor man. He was in like way in Alaska one time and he heard something crashing through the forest. And, and I believe he looked over and saw that it was like a, a Bigfoot, but it was far away and, and he was really nervous, but he was also curious. And then he heard a voice in his head that said, if you want to see us come back tonight, we'll be here. And he's like, that wasn't my voice. That was that thing's voice. Oh, weird. Um, and so, so there's been reports of telepathy between Bigfoot and human encounters. Yeah. Or yeah. human encountering Bigfoot. And like UFOs, they can appear and disappear. Right. Like, like, I'm more and more of the opinion that all paranormal stuff is highly related. Highly related. Ghosts, aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, Dogman, um, whatever you can think of. I think it's all different manifestations of the same thing, if you want to call it that. Um, I mean, yeah, ghosts and stuff are people, but, you know, maybe we don't have to come back looking like us. I don't know. Maybe we could choose to look like something else or I have no idea. But it's like the, the from all the stuff that you hear out there, the universe is so weird. Um, right. Even just the simple <laughs> things of experiencing deja vu. Like if you think right. about that long enough, how weird is that? Yeah. Like it's super and weird. Some of them are even stronger than others. Like sometimes you're like, this is really uh Like you almost strong. know what's going to happen next. Yeah, right? the interesting thing that I've found in my own personal life with deja vu is when I have deja vu now, I actually get really excited 
because there's this internal feeling and I don't know what you'd call it, a hunch, but it's an internal feeling that I'm right where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And it's a reminder that says, because it usually happens when I'm either, I've gone through a lot yep, and I need some kind of like alarm to go off to remind me that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll have this massive deja vu moment and go, okay, okay, no, I'm good. I'm good. When I used to have that as a kid, I didn't, I didn't attribute to that. But then coincidentally, and I would, I would always be having these during these similar coincidentally in air quotes. Yeah. But similar moments when I really needed that, that support that I'm okay, that things are going the way they're supposed to. I see it with synchronicities. I'm going to do a whole podcast on numerology and synchronicities Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm excited about that. But uh, that's been big in my life. Huge. Synchronicities a hundred percent tell you that you're on the right track. Right. I am positive of it. Yeah. And I don't believe there's anything that's a coincidence. Stuff happens because it's supposed to happen or it's giving you a message or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've been going out just recently to like uh, meditate in the forest a little bit, just try and chill and relax because life has been really stressful. And, um, you know, I, w- I really wasn't into it like the last three days. And I was like, oh, I got to go out today and like just try and keep at it. And um, I really like the last few days, I, I there was no emotion at all. Like I was doing meditation, but it was just kind of like empty. Mm-hmm. And today, uh, and all I heard was like the wind in the trees and branches cracking and whatever. And today I went out and I had like, finally like a really good meditation. It got emotional, whatever. And like one second after I started getting emotional, there were like a crow landed directly above me and was just going, and then, and then it just stopped and flew away. And I was just like, right at that exact moment, right at that moment. Yeah. It was just like, he's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like you could just say, oh, a crow stopped above me. But it was like, you know, I was trying to get to this place for days and not getting there. And then the moment I get there, a crow starts crowing right above my head. Right. It's like, it's funny with things like that too. When we share those kind of, uh, those kind of experiences, right. I have some crazy ones, but where it's coincidence that, that happened. When you share it, the outside person listening will listen to that and say, oh, it meant something for you, but a crow probably just stopped by and yeah. was doing that and went off. Yeah. But the interesting thing is so many of us actually have those moments and we just don't tell people about it, but yeah. we are like, okay. And those are the things I think you need to pay attention to. Cause like, that's for you, right? That was for you. Yep. It was specifically for you. And, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about with numbers and synchronicities and deja vu. When I have this deja vu stuff now, I actually go like, oh, that is so cool. Like, I almost feel like sometimes, you know, not to go too deep into the rabbit hole with this, but I almost feel like because time doesn't exist, as we enter into this incarnation, our entire life has a blueprint a story or a movie Mm -hmm. that movie or story or blueprint can be altered. Kind of like you remember those books when you're a kid and you're reading it. It's like turn to page 62. If you want to 
fall from the tree or turn to page 68 if you slowly got down from the tree and you were fine. Like those adventure books and things yeah. like that. I think those – I think that's like the way life works. I think that we have a large catalog of movies and directions we can go. Mm-hmm. But they're set. And those deja vus are points of the movie that we just remembered. We're like, oh, yeah, I'm at this point. Yeah, it could be. You know? Wouldn't that be kind of interesting? Because you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. This It's almost like an out-of-body experience, if you will. Mm-hmm. Experiencing that moment in time being like, oh, I remember this. Oh, wait, how do I remember this? Because this is right now. What do I mean I remember that? Well, yeah, you remember it because time doesn't exist and you're remembering remembering it. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it gets yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's really cool. Well, we got talking about the Bigfoot thing finally. Yeah, I wanted to bring it up because I, I know that we're probably going to do a, you know, I have a feeling we'll do a handful of podcasts together. I just have that feeling. I would hope so. I would like to. Yeah, it's always interesting, and there's like a million directions that everything can go. Every you know that these can go, but um, you know, I am. I will admit when I first was introduced to the idea of Bigfoot with you, I was. <laughs> I was not I was not in the Bigfoot like I wasn't on the Bigfoot train like I wasn't like yeah they must exist but then as life kept happening and I had experiences of my own that aren't related to Bigfoot you start to like say to yourself like well what's the difference you know like you know um, and then you say and then another part is why does the idea of Bigfoot even exist it means that en- enough people have had some type of experience. The same thing with the UFOs and mm-hmm. spirituality and seeing spirits or loved ones or ghosts or whatever you want to call them. So now I'm open to it. I haven't personally seen it. I'm not personally going to go out at 2 a.m. in the middle of a forest in the dark and wait to encounter Betty the Bigfoot. Her name was Patty. Oh, Patty. Yeah. Well, I'm not looking to to meet the Bigfoot, but I'm not totally against the idea that it exists. I, I probably it probably does. I just can't explain it. So. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for coming back on the podcast episode on this new episode, and um, yeah, there's just lots more to talk about. So I appreciate being here. Thanks, man. I enjoyed Any, it. Anything you want to leave? Any final notes of Bigfoot or anything? Are you going to keep going after Bigfoot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a, a huge breakthrough this week, but that's a story for another time. Yeah. Um, all I would say is, like, you know, A, try to have an open mind about everything. Um, uh, and there's a saying that I love, uh, which is that folklore is knowledge. Um, and the more I look at all this stuff, the more I'm like, all these folk tales and myths and legends have some truth to them. Like, for example, there's names for Bigfoot in almost every country in the world. It's not just a North American thing. Also, um, on the Native uh, American or Indigenous American totem poles, they have like, I forget if it's five or six animals on the totem pole. Um... So that Bigfoot is one of them and they're all, the other five are all real animals. So it's like, why would they put a Bigfoot on there if the rest are all real? 
And if you talk to them, they say, oh, no, he's real. He's wholly real. He's spiritual, but he's real. Mm. And they'll sometimes they call him Big Brother. Sometimes they call him um, the Forest People. And sometimes they call them uh, the Lost Tribe. And, wow. But there's histories of them trading with Bigfoot even before, you know, colonization and everything. So just, you know, look into folklore a little bit more. Do a little bit more research. Next time you want to call bullshit on something, go look up people who believe in it and see why and see if there's evidence. Because there's, there's even DNA evidence for Bigfoot. But um, Well, the last thing I'll yeah. say is it's the same concept about... 50 years ago when they were talking about UFOs, they were bringing out these little green men literally dressed up, people dressed up as aliens, making fun of it yeah. on news. And here we are now having full out. Here's a video of a UFO from the conferences government. Conferences in the U.S. government. Yeah. And the Mexican it, government right now. Yeah. Right. So keep an open mind. I think that's the final message of the evening. Yeah. So until next time. Make sure you're subscribing. Please, if you have any questions or comments, leave them below. I want to thank you again, Derek, for being back on the uh, the podcast. It was really awesome talking to you again. My pleasure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm not doing it back. I'm not doing it back. <laughs> Just so, just so.